0: Have you done this before? (laughs) The reality is You take away the horror of the situation Take away the tragedy of the death Take away the moral and ethical implications Of all the crap that you've had Conditioned and beaten into your head Since grade one What are we left with? What? It's a 105 pound problem 105 pounds It's got to be moved from point A To point B A straight line is the shortest distance between two points But we're
1: denied the luxury of a visible straight line But that line exists, and I see it I see that line box turtle's having dinner with his family
0: He's telling his little box turtles how he did it I mean, he'll never give up I just keep crawling forwards He can't
1: become just about anything Door smashes in Jackrabbit.
0: And he has a hammer. Smashes up the wife and kids first so the box turtle has to watch them die. And then it's his turn. Once the whole family's broken into little pieces, (laughs) he sits down and eats their dinner. Every last bite.
1: Hey, welcome back to OddSplice, your only source for certified organic home video criticism. I'm your host, Josh. To get into some real business before we dive in, OddSplice has a Patreon now. For the low, low price of five U.S. American dollars per month, you will receive access to the official OddSplice Discord server, as well as a feature-length audio commentary track by yours truly. The first film I will comment on is the Adam Sandler classic. Mr. Deeds. So, in this episode, Minnesota pop-punk king Sam Fassler joins me to talk about The Hunt and Very Bad Things, both being abrasive and highly entertaining movies in their own ways. We get into the shitlib versus deplorables divide, and the crushing soullessness of suburbia. I swear, it's a fun show. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, rate and review Oddsplice on your favorite platforms, and check out Oddsplice.com for more treats and goodies. Let's get into it. Sam, uh, you should introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm Sam. Uh, I'm an old friend of Josh's here uh, from central Minnesota. Um, I don't know what else is there to know about me. I watch a lot of movies. I'm a big movie buff, so I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about it. Shoot the shit, if you will. Um, There's not much to know about me, you know? I'm just a normal guy. Sometimes when I go to Vegas, I get a little crazy. (laughs) We'll
1: get into that, but, um, no, just, uh, that's me. Hell yeah, buddy. Uh, well, former, uh, pop punk king of Minnesota, I think. Yep. Is that, yeah. Is that, is that a correct say I,
0: I mean, former, no, she. uh Right. Uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah, I play, I play a lot of music. Um, right now nobody's playing music, so it's kind of a bummer, but right, yeah. I do play a lot of music. I'm in a band called Vermilion Heights, if you want to look that up, two L's, um, we have a new album coming out actually next month i think um full length our first full length actually so i'm really excited about that um really bummed i can't like play shows along with it or whatever like we're we're talking about we're not even gonna release like physical albums because where the hell are we gonna sell them you know um so we're an online band as of now because of covid but that's what happens i guess yeah
1: yeah look out for that for that record i um I haven't listened to enough for Million Nights, but what I've heard is, is really good. For uh, Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's good pop punk.
0: Yeah. I who, know, don't, who, it's,
1: it's, do, who doesn't love some good pop punk? Right, it makes um, you feel
0: good sometimes, makes you feel bad sometimes, you know? it's
1: Yeah. It's all, it's all there. There's guitars, there's drums, it's fun. So, Sam, what, what movies are we talking about?
0: We're talking about two movies. One called Very Bad Things from 1998, I believe. Um, and we were talking about 2020s formerly 2019s, but now 2020s, The Hunt, which is that controversial film, you know, all about politics and whatnot. I chose The Hunt. You chose Very yep. Bad Things. Yep, uh, in- indeed, I did. Which is something I never heard of. And I think maybe a lot of people might be on that same boat. I, I mean, I was, I was eight. no, I was six. Oh my God. I was six when this movie came out. <laughs> so the fact that I didn't hear about it is not that surprising, but I don't think it has the legs that some other movies... May because I literally this thing slipped by me and I love Christian Slater. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, right. Did you, get, yeah. did you
0: hear that in the background? Alexa just decided to hear something that I said and just started spouting off <laughs> things about very bad things.
1: <laughs> oh, of course, right. Yeah, it's <laughs> all, the, all the facts about very bad things. Well, uh, I'll, I'll take Alexa's spot. It's directed by Peter Berg, came out in '98, starring uh, John Favreau, Favreau, Favreau um, of Iron Man fame amongst other things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Leland Orser, Christian Slater, um, the guy who played Marv in home alone. Um, (laughs) I know Daniel Stern, Daniel Stern. That surprised Uh, me. We love him. Uh, and Jeremy Piven, uh, who is (laughs) something else. And then, uh, the hunt 2020 directed by Craig Zobel, who's pretty cool written by Damon Lindelof. He did, a. Everything, <laughs> you know, got started in the off- it, Most recently, the the Watchmen show on HBO. Oh, um, wrote uh, Prometheus, the Alien prequel. Oh, um, so yeah, I was kind of interested, like the amount of sort of cultural cachet and power that was behind the hunt for uh, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, courted some controversy. Um, Sam, I'd I'd like your perspective on the controversy because I I feel like uh everybody could sort of infer. Anybody who listens to this show, at least, probably knows my feelings.
0: (laughs) I mean, the controversy, I saw so much shit about it. I mean, this movie almost didn't come out. Um, If you remember in 2019, it was, you know, slated to come out, and then there was a big mass shooting. I can't remember which, because obviously it's a lot of hell world. Uh, (laughs) Unfortunately, yeah. Um, But so they they scrapped this movie, which possibly was, like, indefinitely, and it was already done. So obviously trump's tweeting about it which is always big news um the movie's very politically i wouldn't say charged even it's just it's just very satire about the two extremes you know left and right and all this um so it's a big buzz topic movie and i think they they definitely use that to their advantage and maybe too much they got it canceled but in 2020 they came out with it and um that's when the government decided to turn COVID into a thing, and they made it and they created it to stop the hunt. That's that's my right. Yeah, that's my theory. <laughs> they made COVID to stop the hunt, but guess what? You can download it for twenty dollars, direct to video. Great, um, but the controversy was, it was interesting. And after finally watching it, um, and I think a lot of people probably had this uh, same opinion: is just like this is just this is like the most direct satire. You can have. I. I don't see how people don't see the satire. It doesn't make fun of one political party or the other. It really just takes stabs at everybody and just how funny that is.
1: Um, yeah. It's. Uh, yeah. I. I mean, I was. I was kind of ambivalent about it just because, like, I, I. I get tired of of marketing games and. Stuff, but yeah, sitting down to watch it, uh, kind of. I asked Sam to be on the show, and I'm like, What movie do you want to talk about? And he said, Oh, The Hunt. And I'm like, Oh, dang, I haven't seen that. I'll, you know, check it out. And sat down to watch it, and I, I laughed a lot. I really enjoyed the movie. It's a very well crafted, um, thriller, satire, what have you. And it's, it's also very timely. Um, yeah, so I, it's, it's well made enough that I feel like the, the, the controversy, um, Kind of overblows it a little bit, like it's it's mm-hmm. nowhere near as dumb as the controversy has uh made it, and you know, in the way it's perceived from you know either side of the political spectrum. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, I I mean, it it does it takes stabs at everybody, and like I don't know if in the show you go to like deep spoilers later.
1: uh Oh, dude, yeah, it's all it's all open. I mean, we haven't really.
0: I mean, we haven't explained fully what the movie is uh yet but if you haven't heard of it I mean just quick go check oh. out the trailer
1: um well oh, we can do can a little do... elevator elevator let's, pitch let's do some elevator pitches yeah um sam uh we'll, we'll divide it up this time um you take yeah. the hunt and i'll I'll do the pitch for very bad things but okay. we'll start with you buddy
0: okay so the hunt obviously you know is very <laughs> divisive um the hunt is <sighs> gosh it is about liberals hunting conservatives and if that was the end of it then you could see why it would be so uh so controversial uh but it's not just that so what it is is kind of one of those battle royales where people are dropped into a field they get like a box full of weapons and they don't know why they're there and suddenly they start getting shot on you know it's it's a very uh most dangerous game, you know, hunting humans. Mm-hmm. Um, then quickly you realize throughout the movie that <clears throat> this is very politically based. You know, everybody who's being hunted is super conservative, um, which is pretty funny. You know, going into it, I thought it was going to be the other way around. Just not knowing anything about it, I thought like they were going to paint the conservatives as these gun hungry people shooting liberals, but it was completely the other way around. Um, and you follow, I think there's 12 people in the field at first. Uh, and you follow a couple of them around, but a lot of them get slaughtered, and then you meet your main character, who needs to survive. Uh, so that's kind of the basic idea of the movie. Um, it is—I mean, I don't know if you want me to go into more details than that we'll, uh, yet.
1: We'll come back around on it, but that, yeah, yeah, okay. that's the basic setup, and it's um, right, especially right now. Like it's—it, I think a lot of. You know resist hashtag resistance types were really incensed by the movie because it was portraying you know it had the audacity to portray liberals as you know being um monstrous in some way right. <laughs> which uh, I think i and i've I've got a lot to say about about how that movie portrays liberalism because i'm i you know cards on the table like most people listening to this know I'm a you know pretty dyed in the wool leftist so um, oh god
0: i wish i wish i was the opposite that'd be, right. that'd be so, such a fun show let's just go i'm a big trump supporter today right god damn love the guy he's a genius he, he speaks his mind and i love it uh but yeah no uh, yeah, we're both get... a couple liberal cucks over here right. I guess. god damn it uh, that's why we love the hunt
1: <laughs> yep yep oh, it's our man. agenda we, right yeah we're trying to uh, all that um, I guess I'll, yeah, I'll uh, elevator pitch very bad things um, in, in a couple, in, in maybe a sentence. Uh, the hangover, but more real. So very bad things is uh, our main character is John Favreau. Uh, F- Why can't I pronounce this guy's name? I'm drunk. Is that not how you say it? Yeah. <laughs> Favreau. I really don't know. Is it? Uh, it's, Favreau? Yeah, Favreau.
0: I have no idea. Maybe yeah, you go, go wherever you want and I'll agree yeah, because... Um,
1: Favreau. Favreau. Favre. Favreau. All right, so we follow okay. John Favreau. He's going to get married to Cameron Diaz, and and they're going to have a, a beautiful life together. But he's throwing his bachelor party, um, in Las Vegas. So John Favreau, marrying Cameron Diaz, he's going to throw his bachelor party, and it involves all of his friends, which include Leland Orser as his. Friend who's a mechanic who he's known since grade school, and then Christian Slater is his real estate agent buddy who is obsessed with like self help stuff. Um, Daniel Stern play, oh no, I should Jeremy Piven is his co worker who's just like kind of just a guy, like just a dude, just a guy <laughs> being a They're dude. all
0: kind of just a couple yep. dudes,
1: yep, guys being <laughs> dudes. It's guys yeah. being dudes, the movie, um, for better <laughs> and worse, and it's it's oh uh, man, um. So Jeremy Piven and the Daniel Stern is Jeremy Piven's brother. Who's kind of the, the suburban dad. He's got a, he's got some kids. One of his kids is special needs. Um, You know, he's married and he's like really into being a dad. Um, And then they go the, the sort of plot catalyst here is they go on this trip to Las Vegas and Jeremy Piven has sex with a sex worker. And in the course of the transaction kills the sex worker by accident and the rest of the movie is them trying to cover up the accident and go along with go ahead with the wedding basically um and it gets really dark really gory and it's uh it's something else it's i it's it's one of those movies like um you said you're a really big christian slater fan have you seen heathers mm-hmm. yeah, he, oh yeah. i've showed you heathers if Did we you? want to get real nostalgic uh, really <laughs> that's some well High school, maybe? I mean, it probably is probably. when I heard about it, but gosh,
0: that's like, a eon ago. I know, yeah. Um,
1: I yeah, I, well, just to give you a, a look into my mind palace, I, I remember maybe my senior year of, of high school, um, I, my in my parents' basement, we had a projector set up, and I feel like between me and my sister, who you also know, yeah. um, we're, um, we were screening a lot of movies and having a lot of people I over. I loved it. I yeah, it, it. was the, those were some of the best times in my life and probably like kind of the, you know, sort of subconscious catalyst for even making this podcast. Um, but like you, you were in attendance on multiple times and possibly mm-hmm. one of those times you saw the movie Heathers, which featured okay, probably. Yeah. yeah um, Christian Slater as a, a sort of proto school shooter. Type yeah. guy, Play which
0: very similar character to
1: yeah to oh, yeah. so this
0: one to Robert Boyd, yep. is his name. Uh, <laughs> my gosh, they were so the characters were so similar. I'm like, this is just Heather. It's like a sequel to Heather's. If you know, he just grew up and became a real estate agent. Like this, right?
1: This is what, yeah, it's like an alternate timeline. Yeah, something like that. Um, so I I draw that parallel because uh, like very bad things is a movie I don't think could get made today, and. <laughs> And if there's sort of a theme holding these movies together, um, like I think The Hunt is a movie that won't be able to get made in the future, you know, You're right, like it's almost. it's sort of it's sort of that that very edge of, of sort of acceptable transgression on a mass scale. Like like mm-hmm. you could have movies um, like The Hunt that get into a lot of the stuff that The Hunt does, but it would be like. A way smaller budget and it would be like straight to video like there would be no pretension to a, a theatrical release
0: right yeah. it almost didn't happen this time i mean <laughs> yeah 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 uh, i i mean the, the world thing, seemed so. to be
1: conspiring against this movie but you know i'll, I'll say it the movie's good watch yeah. the movie uh it's it's a really fun time
0: i mean the, the cool thing about it too is because it's so controversial you once you watch it you have uh, just enormous catalog of YouTube videos of people talking about it. Like, it, it, if you're into that kind of thing, people are going to be like, oh you know, breaking this down, breaking that down. I was watching some stuff this morning and I'm like, oh, it's just heavy satire but... uh people want to talk about it. It's it's buzzworthy. Um, and, and here we are talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Maybe it's my fault, but you know, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, it's buzzworthy. I mean, it's, it's some people are talking about this year. Um, I don't know how long, you know, what kind of legs this will have either.
1: Um, I'd like to think it has a, has something of a legacy. Like, like I said, it's, it's a, it's a really well-made movie. It takes the premise. Uh, it's, it takes its own premise really seriously. And mm-hmm. uh is is really thoughtful in in its satire. Um just to zoom in on one of the, the sort of like genre pleasures of this movie, like one of the things that just gets you gets you pumped is is sort of the the several false starts to the narrative. So like Oh
0: I loved it. Yes. Yeah.
1: Like that, that there's um there's the opening scene on the the private jet where Right, you see this this guy who's you know dressed up to be just like a hick or something. You know, where am I? Where are we going? And then you know these high society types just like murder the dude. Yeah. And, um, and then it goes to just random people waking up, and then there's like a hot girl and a hot guy with these like you know really photogenic um, sort of country music type people. I don't, like the the blonde girl is <laughs> almost kind of like a a Tomi Lahren type. Yeah. And then I, Emma you know, Roberts, the, I love her. M- Emma Roberts, I I didn't know her at all.
0: Really? Oh my yeah. god! Ooh, I'm in good. love with her. <sighs> um, right. <laughs> let me let me just sigh about it. Like, and her name in the movie uh, is Yoga Pants, by the way. Yoga Pants, like, right. officially credited as Yoga Pants. I don't know if you have the IMDb pulled up, but it is their names because they don't give them names. I mean, they're just people getting picked off pretty quickly yoga pants uh vanilla nice big right. red staten uh, island like they don't uh, have vanilla names.
1: vanilla nice is played by alt-country superstar sturgill simpson weirdly God, enough like, yeah. I, that, the guy makes good music you should check him out i, I okay. listened to like a long-form interview with him one time but yeah but right there or uh ike barrenholz plays staten island Yep, a guy who's
0: obsessed with guns.
1: Yeah, yep. So funny. <laughs> um, wow. But right, so it's 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 a familiar premise because we've all seen battle royale and Jesus, the Hunger Games was everywhere forever. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, mm-hmm. those movies are interesting enough. Like I'd I'd honestly go back to them because they were that's beside the point. Um, but you know, it's people waking up and then they discover like a cache of supplies or a big crate in the middle of a field. And no. you know, they find there there's weapons in there and then there's a, a, pig dressed up in a costume, but then, yeah, it's, uh, it focuses on yoga pants and then who's, who's the dude. I don't have the IMD, but anyway, he's like a, a traditionally handsome sort of leading man type. Um, mm. and then all this chaos erupts, you see people just get like blown apart by explosives and bullets. And then, Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Emma Roberts, uh, her, she gets shot in the head like that, that, that's, that's really funny
0: that when I, so I was watching this with a friend and I had, you know, zero idea. I don't like knowing things going into movies. I just knew this one was controversial and I wanted to see it. And I, I don't know why I said this out loud. I swear to God, like Emma Roberts wakes up. And, like, it really focuses on her for that minute. Like, you stay with her. Everything's almost from her point of view. So I said, oh, looks like we got a main character, which is so weird that I would say that, first off. Because,
1: right, like, who says <laughs> that? I was just
0: like, oh, so the movie's really good at making you think, like, oh, we're following this person now. And then just subverting that expectation and just saying, you know what, fuck this yeah. person. They, they, You know, high list A celebrity Nah, nah, we're going right. to throw somebody else in. Like, this person's going to die right away. We probably paid him way too much for these two minutes. Right, but... yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah. they did that multiple times. I mean, how yeah. long until we saw the main character? Well, I mean, uh, the,
1: the main character's in the first shot, but she's sort of set up as, like, um, you know, in a in a normal one, she'd be the, like, uh, sort of anti-hero, right? Right. You know, the, the person who's viewed, Um, like, there's a character in the original Battle Royale movie the from oh. Japan. Um, sure. Have you seen that one? I've not seen
0: it, but I've definitely yeah. heard it. I heard
1: of it. High high recommend. It's it's amazing. I was I haven't watched it in like probably ten years, but it had Hmm. I was obsessed with it back in like 2008. Um, I remember watching it in segments on YouTube because it was like illegal to distribute in America until about 2010. Like, they Sick. just refused to, like, give it an official release, but, like, people were still, like, leaking it on the internet and stuff. Anyway, the movie's amazing. We uh, have like a okay. but, <laughs> but there's a character they sort of set up to be this, like, sociopath, and then, like, later they kind of show him to be more of an antihero, like, oh, he's just a capable survivalist type. So this movie does a similar thing where yeah she's in the first shot but you think she's gonna be like the weird anti-hero that shows up to help the protagonists like later in the movie but instead the people they're setting up as as the main folks just get annihilated
0: in the greatest of ways (laughs) uh just fun uh maybe not fun's the right yeah yeah spike pit i mean fantastic uh they really went all out with that spike Pit. uh yeah, <laughs> and then just overkill. It's just like, oh, then we're gonna fucking blow her up. You know, we're gonna we're gonna kill her one way and until she's almost dead, and then destroy her another way. Right? Um, yeah. Oh,
1: God. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, like it wasn't like the... watching
0: people get picked off. You know, we weapons. That's okay. what we were running for. You know.
1: Yeah. If if there's if there's one gripe I have with this movie is that it's. Uh it's made in sort of the post squib era. Like I, if this movie were made in the eighties, like it would be sort of practical blood and gore with like squibs and stuff. And it's all like CG now. I mean, it's, it's as good as you can expect that stuff to look like it works. It's fine. Um, but I, I want, I want sort of like a, a more, um, visceral experience out of this, honestly, Mm -hmm. but the, like it's, it's all there, man it's
0: all there I, I you know i love practical effects remember when i had you, i paid you to watch that bigfoot movie uh yes it's just super practical what's that called uh god I, Pri- primal rage primal Something rage. Like that the oh bigfoot that was movie. so good dude it's just practical effect heavy the plots whatever it's a bigfoot movie but just practical effects are just insane right uh, so so we know i'm a big fan of that um but, yeah, and so, well, I mean, what goes on here? So, Emma Roberts is only in it for a couple minutes. Her teeth – okay, I'm a teeth guy. Let's just start out there. Pot, listeners of the podcast, <laughs> I'm a teeth guy. And she is first shown up with a – like, everybody has these gags in their mouth. Prime teeth. Prime teeth showing, right. you know, for Emma <laughs> Roberts. So, I give this – I mean, I already had the movie at an A-plus at that point. The rest of the movie could have just failed hard. And i you won me over with two minutes of Emma Roberts and her beautiful teeth. So – Hollywood at it again.
1: That's that's all you needed. Um you need. But yeah, but yeah, from there like this group of people gets whittled down to nothing and then we're left mm-hmm. with uh, Crystal, played by Betty Gilpin, who's you know, sort of the weird survivalist we see but she outsmarts it she she recognizes like she's in a false environment and just knows how to survive right so right. like there's a group that think they es- they escape the sort of opening battle royale thing and then they go to a, a mom and pop shop but turns mm-hmm. out that's part of it anyway and the, the people who you know the mom and pop are actually participants in the hunt and <laughs> kill everybody
0: oh they hate climate change deniers right yeah <laughs> the fucking the, the great oh, one of my favorite things the most memorable thing from the first like half of the movie was climate change is real bitch (laughs) right (laughs) it's just an old man it's just like they're so mad like the liberals are so mad in this movie and it's such a good take like they're so righteous they're so like morally righteous and yet they're just murdering like horrifying murderers it's such a good
1: parallel yeah i mean and that's that is what is So amazing about this movie is it's like you have the the villains are these people who they speak the language of social justice, right? They're saying with their mouths, they say all the right things, the keywords, but but then they're shooting people in the gut with a shotgun and gassing them and and doing all these horrific things, like you know, stabbing them in the neck with a pen and and a you know a a stiletto heel through the eye. Like they're just Mm -hmm. brutal and enraged, and then they kind of meet their match in crystal, you know, a person that, I mean, that's actually kind of the whole twist of the movie at, at the end, but there's one of them who is incredibly competent and just tears them up, like recognizes all of their tricks and um, uh, just goes to town on their asses. And it's, it's really satisfying.
0: It's like a, one of the turns- most satisfying scenes is in that bunker when she she gets in there, like goddamn, like a Wolverine unleashed onto children. She's just murdering <laughs> like they these these people have no idea what they're up against. And just one <laughs> Betty Gilpin just yeah. murdering everybody, and they have yeah, oh. and that, then the big uh, showdown of like a ten minute fist fight with Hillary Swank. You can't ask for more than that.
1: Yeah, I, one of one of my favorite moments um so it's in the bunker and the these these rich libs they'd hired a (laughs) military consultant to train them how to kill people and so this this woman she gets into the bunker uh and like wrecks all these people and then the the uh military advisor is still there and she starts talking to him and and in, in this scene you learn she's a veteran she's a combat veteran this guy is a National Guard dude who never went overseas, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and oh man, I'll get I'll get real with you for a second. You're a but you're you're from Saint Cloud, Minnesota. Um,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, and so years back, I worked in a, a lens factory near Saint Cloud. But I worked with a guy who was wounded in Afghanistan. Like he was, um, his leg was all fucked up. Um, but he had been going to the the VA hospital in St Cloud and then got a job at at the factory I was in. and there was another dude there who was in the National Guard and this this wounded guy, for whatever reason, he took a liking to me, but he hated the National Guard guy. <laughs> it was so like like um the National Guard dude would show up to show up to work in like uniform pants and stuff and then uh this guy who'd you know been blown up by an RPG in Afghanistan was just like... Doesn't this fucking dude know it's you? You can't do that. You're not supposed to you yeah. know, just wear part of like. So just the the uh the hatred for that man was palpable. So I, I liked seeing that dynamic on screen of like, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, and they, the fact they... that they would hire they would hire this person who I mean obviously yeah. don't know what they're doing. They're like, oh, you have some kind of military background at all? You're hired. You know, it's like you're in fucking yep. teach us things. And the guys like, I'm gonna play army now. I'm gonna yep. get paid to play <laughs> army, and it's just like
1: god that's good uh yeah it's really uh, brilliant moment um let's uh let's pivot into very bad things because I feel like that that logic of um paying people for an experience is, okay. is something that's sort of uh one of the uh sort of non-intuitive connections between these two <laughs> movies um, sure
0: and I like how when you were doing your little pitch you when you were talking about the sex worker you said their transaction. Uh, that's beautiful. That, yeah, that is, that is. They were making love, Josh. Okay, right. they were making love. So, oh, so the sort
1: of inciting incident for this whole movie is Jeremy Piven having sex with a sex worker, and throughout the whole thing, he's like, "This isn't work for you, baby. This is, this is real, right?" She's like, "Oh yeah, yep. yeah, right."
0: Um, yeah, he's so into it. Oh, and he was. He was a great... I mean, I don't know him very well, um, the actor. Um, But he was so good at just being so twitchy. And, like, he looked like a guy coming down off meth or something. And you knew something bad was going to go on as soon as he's just like, I'm going to take control of this situation. I'm going to pick up this sex worker and just take her away without asking anything. Just, okay, we're going to go have sex now. And that's never going to end well. But he was so good at just, like, making me uncomfortable just every time he was on screen.
1: Yeah, there's there is something um, disturbingly real about this movie. Um, yeah. Like it's sort of pitched it. Let me, I found a really good interview with the director. Uh, so this is an interview with Peter Berg from the Chicago Tribune, like around the time the movie was released in, in 1998. And so the interviewers, so how does it, so he refers to the movie as a savage comedy. He doesn't want to call it a black comedy, even though it's like a black or dark comedy would be sure. Yeah. Sort of He's like, oh no, I want to call it a savage comedy. And so the interviewer asks him, how does a savage comedy differ from a black comedy? Peter Berg replies, it's a little more aggressive. For me, the concept of a black comedy suggests certain subtleties that I wasn't interested in or necessarily capable of delivering. I knew that the film would not be particularly subtle or subliminal in its presentation. I wanted a sledgehammer to the head. That was my intention. Black comedies sort of sneak up on you. There's a craftiness, perhaps a softer cleverness that wasn't really interesting that I wasn't really interested in exploring. Everything I've ever written has got this kind of tone to it. If you ask me to go out and write a strict conventional love story, I'm not sure I could do it. Yeah, there there's nothing subtle about Very Bad Things, but it has this kind of um, Oliver Stone-like quality to it. Like Especially the scene in the hotel room in Vegas leading up to and around the time of the killing the murder the of first, a sex worker yeah first, <laughs> of a, first of a, murder like, yeah yeah first murder <laughs> like it's it's um weird uh off-kilter angles and uh mm-hmm. like really fast editing and this really dramatic high contrast like multicolored lighting yeah there's something about that and then yeah that
0: that that filmmaking i mean it's showing this party and just ramping up and ramping up and like how crazy they're all getting and just like i don't know how long the scene was but like the actual dancing you know she's she's stripping she's taking off her clothes she's dancing with each person that is such like a high energy like fast shots a lot of this like you know i i felt like i was up on that level with them just looking at just filmmaking wise and then as soon as you know the big bad oh spike to the head murder uh if you want to call it murder i guess right death. well anyway yeah, it's
1: uh yeah, the whole, it's, it's, the whole thing it,
0: shifts, like filmmaking wise, and like obviously the, the, the movie shifts, but filmmaking goes along with that. How they feel, like oh, quick, like you know, cold shower. I'm not high anymore. Holy fuck!
1: Right, right. It just grinds to a halt, and it's right. everything's just sort of like oh, there there is a dead woman on the floor of this bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think a lot of people sort of accuse this movie of, of being inhumane, but there's It indulges in nastiness to a point it sort of becomes humane again because it's so obvious that these guys are not good and their uh their response to the situation is not good and i mean the way it goes is like these are all boring ass suburban dudes that are having like the one party before you know one of their own is about to tie the knot and uh you know strap himself in for a a lifetime of domestic boredom or whatever Right. The cliche is like, you know, right. every, everybody's joking about like, oh, you're giving up your freedom, man. Like, do you really love this woman enough to... Right, it's supposed to be that last whatever. But then the guy who's the most sort of uh, disconnected from everything decides to full on have sex with the prostitute. And uh, right. uh, in in the course of it, um, gets a little rough. And she's, yeah, uh, kind of impaled on a coat hanger <laughs> in the bathroom is yep. kind of the the whole and she just hangs there it's, it's, oh, man. oh it's fucked That's up good stuff. it's you know, so going, fucked up
0: going into the movie and and you suggesting it and just looking up like the quick synopsis of it I did not I expected just kind of what you said at the the first part of that where it's like oh this guy's getting married one big last hurrah kind of hangoverish, but less funny I thought it was just going to be like oh, these guys have a wild, crazy night. Oh, it's going to snowball. Like, oh, someone's going to die. And it's just like kind of cheeky humor. Not at all. I mean, like, it could have been that. It could have easily been that. But it wasn't cheeky humor. It wasn't like, oh, this guy's going to get married. Let's cover things up. Uh, It's like it just got progressively darker. And progressively it's just like this isn't just a (laughs) – I thought it was going to be much more fun yeah, Easy it's movie. it's not um,
1: fun. It's not a fun movie. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's sure wasn't. <laughs> it's, there's there's sort of there is a really dark humor to it, but it is it is just sort of hammering you over the head with successively more depraved acts of violence and mm-hmm. uh, acts of transgression, really. I, I mean, the goriest it gets is, is the death of the sex worker, but the lengths some of these men or one of these men are willing to go to cover their own ass is, right. there's no ceiling on it. Um, so a sex worker is killed because that's what uh, suburban dads do when they're in Vegas. Kill and... sex workers. Yep. Right. <laughs> I can't suburban... wait to get married. Right. <laughs> She's gonna be so good. People are gonna be dead everywhere. <laughs> really. And then uh Christian Slater plays the real estate self help obsessed guy and then sort of convinces everybody it's like hey, it's a, you know, it's a tragedy. It's uh it's terrible, yeah. but um, you know, we have we have a lot to lose, guys, and uh the right. the only way we're gonna get through this is if we make this just disappear. Because if we tell the cops, you know it looks bad and we're all going to go to jail for doing a bad thing and then the the sort of everybody sort of agrees right away but daniel stern is the one the family man is the one dude who's like i can't i can't do this i can oh man and he it ta- killed it's, it it's He's so good in yeah this movie. yeah
0: it's i i only know him from two things and that is home alone <laughs> And a movie called Rookie of the Year. Have you yes. seen
1: Yes, <laughs> long <He's> time ago. <laughs>
0: fantastic in that movie. He's so funny. And like, at first I was like, that's all I could see. But my God, um, I know that you did recently an episode of Uncut Gems on this yep. podcast. Yep. This movie, I think maybe even made me feel more anxious. And it a lot had to do with Daniel Stern's performance. He... Like, you just want to, like, just scream, just, like, shut up. Like, everybody needs to shut up. Like, one person's throwing it away, and then we got Christian Slater here just being, like, the exact opposite, but so loud. Like, if you guys want to get away with this, you you all need to shut up. Like, everybody just needs to listen to John Favreau, Favreau, Favreau. Favreau. Um, Everybody just needs to listen to him, and then he ends up not being the greatest guy. Like, nobody's a good guy. You you think there's going to be a character who's going to
1: kind of be the charging force um yeah the buck just doesn't stop like it, it just doesn't. it just um and Anxiety, then it, i mean always. yeah the movie kind of has uh i admire it because it sort of sticks to it follows the logic all the way down it has a bad ending like nothing works out for any of these people <laughs> oh it's the worst it's the worst it's it's one of it's one of the most disturbing endings i've ever seen like but i mean it's it's true because like nobody is good nobody makes a good decision in this thing and it's all to uh sort of pursue this lily white suburban ideal right i mean that last Uh that last shot the last shot of the film is cameron diaz like wailing in anguish and collapsing in the middle of a street and then it it as the credits roll it's like a helicopter shot of the suburbs like it just keeps it goes from the street and then you just see the like cul-de-sacs and grid lines Mm -hmm. and just this endless sort of southern california suburban sprawl and you're like okay so that's that's what all of this was for Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) um and I'm, i'm guessing i'm i don't i guess maybe i'm i don't know but a lot of people i assume haven't seen this movie if you haven't and you don't care to or whatever i mean i should probably everybody pretty much dies it just doesn't stop like kind of like josh said it just doesn't stop people are like okay we need to cover this person up now okay this person's not doing a good job keeping a secret let's cover this up now let's kill their wife and out of like what is there five or six friends two of them survive but barely <laughs> Like
1: right uh, yeah.
0: one guy's in like uh, he's like a paraplegic he has to use like one of those blower motor things to scoot around in his chair um John, the main character, loses his legs. I mean, the a dog loses his legs because yep. they want to kill a dog at one point. Right, right. The only person who comes out like physically unscathed is Cameron Diaz, and she gets she gets what she wanted, which was so, sort of obviously uh, of this. Per, you know, you got the marriage, you got the suburbs, we got kids, we got a family, but it is an ugly ass family, and it is right. an ugly ass situation, and. I I did not see, um, so towards the end, I mean, big spoiler alerts, obviously, if you want to see it, go see it, but, um, I did not see Cameron Diaz doing any kind of murder. I thought she was just going to be, like, the person, like, what the fuck is going on? When she finds out about it, she's like, okay, keep covering it up. I don't give a shit. I just want to have a wedding. Like, didn't see that coming, and then she kills Christian Slater, basically, in fact, almost, almost, um, kills Christian Slater, and- that blew me away. She's like, yep. I just want to do this. Like, nobody's good. There's not a single good character. Even the fucking kids are just little rotten assholes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm surprised they put, like, for a movie from 1998, they put, you know, a kid with, you know, some kind of handicap, some kind of disability in there and then didn't make jokes about it. They just, he, that was just part of his character. And he was still just an asshole kid. Not because he had a disability. I thought that was interesting. And everybody's an asshole. Nobody's good. Trying to think of a single character that's good, and it would probably be the dog, somewhat. Yeah, <laughs> even ever. even when the movie wants you to believe, like, okay, the main character is good. He always kind of seems to want to be doing the best thing he can. Nope, still, still yeah. an asshole. It,
1: it's still like <laughs> right, right. He's still the only thing he really cares about is um, uh, like like maybe the wedding going off or what he thinks his love for Cameron Diaz is. Right. Um, there's uh, oh yeah. It, Another big thing that happens is so after after they decide like they're going to cover up the the death of the sex worker, a security guy, a younger black man uh, comes up to the the thing and then they think they're going to get off scot free. But then he sees the body and then Christian Slater takes it upon himself to kill the man. the yeah, if you want to know what kind of movie this is, like there is an extended scene where after they have stabbed the man with a corkscrew they lock him in the bathroom and stand in front of the door and there's like i swear a whole minute where you just hear the man begging for his life like that is the level of no cuts just one long awkward
0: scene just looking at the faces of these men who are just like holy fuck and just hearing a
1: man beg for his life oh my god that was a great shot it was a really cool shot this movie is absolutely like cruel and black-hearted and venomous and I think that's a that's a reason why it's like interesting to go back to now um it's it's tapping into some it's tapping into some like pretty ugly truths I think. I don't know what kind of <laughs> truth you're living but uh I don't know, it's not usually my
0: weekend but Right, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't got that many skeletons in my closet but
1: yeah, you, do you. You know, I'm yeah. happy for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's something about um, the the psychology that the suburbs promote, like, sure the idea that your environment sort of affects the way you think, maybe or the way you feel. Like, I mean, I, I think we can all agree that your environment affects your mute, mood to a certain extent, and I, sure. I think there's, uh, I mean, there's a huge um, strain of popular culture that you know. Is saying oh the suburbs are are corrupt and decadent and uh you know not good for human life i mean shit american beauty that that's the whole point of that movie is that like oh you can't live a full life if you if you are um trying to chase after this sort of keeping up with the joneses yep. uh suburban ideal and this this movie takes it to sort of it's like pathological endpoint to the point where you're like you have a man and a woman it's starting out oh we're just dealing with sort of the excesses of 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 sort of like a toxic masculinity but then it like flips it around in that um the 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 woman in the proceedings is is not innocent either she's just as invent invested right in a in a piece of that idyllic life that she's also willing to to kill and uh suppress crimes yeah, or cover uh, cover up crimes to uh, you know have her perfect wedding and and have her right. perfect life in the suburbs, and then everybody kind of just gets what they deserve, <laughs> which is so good. I mean that
0: that that choice, just the end, the choice of the end is so weirdly bold and. I mean, I don't even know if it's the good choice. I mean, it's a, such a, it is really kind of a bad yeah. ending if you think about it. Um, and like not just like for the characters, but like just as a movie, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, it... I, I expected like the classic, like you know, man and wife, they have all these secrets, but they look like the normal family, like almost like they're holding hands as like the world burns around them, and like they're like whatever, as long as we got this. Nope, not at all. What they get, not at all. They're In the backyard, and and the last the last performance of John, um. Playing, you know, he's in his wheelchair. He's playing with the two kids, and it's just ugly and just yeah.
1: not a good time for anybody. Right? Uh, he's he's uh, trying. He's, to, try,
0: he's still trying. Yeah. Oh, right. I, yeah,
1: yeah. He's lost his legs, and he's trying to like teach his adopt. Because yeah, he was the um godfather of Daniel Stern's kids, and mm-hmm. in the course of the movie, Jeremy Piven kills Daniel Stern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By, and then uh, Christian Slater kills Daniel Stern's wife. Yep. So the kids
0: are orphans. Sorry, kiddos. You guys are brats anyways. Uh the scene at the gas station. Oh where the yeah. kids are yelling for whatever Twizzlers knockoff they're yelling for. The the Wizards. my um, Oh Go my in and God. get some wizards. Yeah. The, like that is akin to like the, the the anxiety I'm talking about with like uncut gems. It is up there with that. This is just like this scene it, it could have been like two minutes, but it felt like an eternity. I'm like, oh my god, please just drive away. Do something. Like I'm I have anxieties just sitting here watching it. Also, I watched this movie after drinking um, a bang energy drink. <laughs> and I actually I messaged somebody about that. I'm like, Yo, this is not good. I should not be doing this because like some of these scenes are just like my my heart's racing from I don't know what, but it's going. <laughs> It is gonna pop out of my chest, uh, and this anxiety-filled movie is not helping. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my experience.
1: <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I kind of watched it mildly high, uh, like I yesterday know. afternoon. So, but it, yeah, it's 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 a grueling and like rough and jagged little movie. Yeah, I, I mean it's fun. I don't know
0: if it's <laughs> for everyone. Um, I mean, chris Everybody did a great job. I mean, there wasn't yeah, a bad yeah. performance I mean, in it. Christian Slater plays the perfect role for Christian Slater. I mean, it was almost goddamn written for him. Um, mm-hmm. Just he's so charismatic and yet so evil. He's so good at that. Um, Cameron Diaz is, I guess, Cameron Diaz. So I guess whatever. Yeah, yeah but, she's great. She's, she's ever, ever, everybody's good. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I recommend it if, if you're into just despair and anxiety, you know, check them yep. out. Yep. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think I've, I have an interesting transition back to, uh, back to the hunt. Um, so a, a, a dude I I've recently encountered on Twitter. He has like a newsletter. Um, so I was posting about very bad things on Twitter and he's like, Oh dude, I just wrote about Peter Berg and all of his um, like sort of latter day uh, Mark Wahlberg starring state propaganda basically so the guys done like Lone Survivor, Patriot's Day, uh The Deepwater Horizon movie, um Mile 20 all, all these things about whatever. So he kind of like reviews those. Um but he gets into Peter Berg's upbringing. The guy's like an upper class Massachusetts like New England person, right? He went to like a private school. Um mm-hmm. and so I was trying to make and then you know with that interview where he's like Oh, I, I, I I was just trying to be like unsubtle and stuff like that. And so later in that article, he gets into kind of his writing process for very bad things and says stuff like, oh, I kind of just, you know, went through the, you know, I didn't go through, I didn't go into the writing process with any plan. I was just thinking about um, what I would do in this situation or what I've thought about doing (laughs) in similar situations. And I based the female characters on some women I knew in real life. So he's like, oh, I, you know, I sort of base this on my own life, but, you know, s- seeing that he comes from sort of an, a bit of an upper crust, uh, upbringing, I, I think the the venom he has for suburban existence kind of makes sense, maybe.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just I just found out that he directed a regain Glacius music video, so I'm pulling it up. It's very important <laughs> to me. The fact that this man, like, everything you're explaining, and then I look up IMDb, and he directed. Enrique Iglesias' music video for "Addicted." Gotta see what that's about. Probably the most important thing. I don't mean to be quiet on, on your podcast, but <laughs> a, as every podcast should eventually get to, we are now in Ingr- Enrique Iglesias. So the rest of the podcast is going to be about fantastic singers, uh, Enrique yeah. Iglesias, and that's it. Sorry.
1: Oh yeah, I wanted to tie this back into the hunt. So, right. so knowing he comes from like sort of a, a a little bit of an upper crust, like rich kid upbringing. Um, I kind of want to tie him back into the Hillary Swank character in The Hunt, the main villain. Because mm-hmm. um, it's really interesting how the, the movie goes to pains to actually explain why the premise of the movie is happening. Um, so like the very opening scene of the movie is you just see a woman in an office and then you just see, like a screen of a text thread of people talking about like, Oh, can't wait to slaughter some deplorables at the manor. Um, and then it cuts to the, to the private jet where you see a man get killed. And then we get into the whole battle Royale thing, but about at the beginning of sort of the, the third act of the thing, it does a flashback and you find out that text thread got leaked as part of basically a me too scandal like a sexual harassment thing. So like one of the guys who was actually in the previous scene to the flashback was murdered by the, by the protagonist, Betty Gilpin. You find out in the next scene that he was sending dick pics to a surgeon or something. Uh, Anyway, he was doing sexual harassment and it was a big embarrassment for the company that Martin and Hillary Swank's character, Athena worked for. There's people from the company talking to her about, this controversy and in and through the course of that conversation finds out a text thread of where they were uh joking about manor which is kind of the the conspiracy at the right. the heart of this like you hear like ike Baronholtz and a few people like Manorgate, google it you know <laughs> it's yeah. real um, you know all of a sudden these conspiracies that they'd wove had, had come true and then yeah you find out that that text thread was just people joking but then by virtue of it being leaked people thought it was real and then right. canceled them and then they Got uh them yeah. fired. and then these these uh these libs get so mad and then they actually have the resources to yeah. do the real manor gate right if they think it's um, real we're gonna do it <laughs> yeah and <laughs> fuck them and, and that's that's a really interesting point in this movie um like how how the conspiracy theory isn't real, but these people believed it. And then kind of zooming out to the controversy, like, you know, this was marketed as the, the deplorables versus shit libs movie. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, it kind of is, but it's, it's really clever about the way it does it because the, the deplorables for lack of a better term, or the, the right wing folk, you know, they believe the conspiracy theory first, but they're all uniformly like they're coded. Um, rural and southern and dumb uh like they're podcasters they post on <laughs> facebook but they're not you know they're people who work like normal jobs. i think like the ike barinholtz character is probably like a day trader or something but like mm-hmm. these aren't people who have manners these aren't people who have like vast sums of wealth the point of the movie is that the the people who are you know so beholden to what they they view as social justice language they actually have the means To enact the conspiracy they have the means to abduct these people and we find out transport them to croatia put them (laughs) in private land like sedate them the whole thing and then just set them up so they'll pick up guns to look like they're threatening and then they'll do kind of like a stand your ground um type thing where the libs after they have gone through the military training they hired out mm-hmm. for they contracted for then they just proceed to slaughter these people who were you know powerless in the first place and and the movie acknowledges that maybe they had some shitty opinions about racism like uh, Ike Barinholtz's character like towards the end of movie you see a picture of him carrying a tiki torch like he's at the Charlottesville rally right um, so it's it's very clear-eyed about who these people are but what's plausible is that the the offended um sort of enraged libs they're all rich people who have the resources and power to actually do this to people who while they have bad opinions don't have the power to do that on that scale right right, right. Yeah.
0: and who who's who's really the bad person at you know at the end of it and, and the fact that it it comes up to be like it was just internet talk it's just just rumors and all this shit, and then it turns, it snowballs into this horrible thing. That's also fairly interesting. Like, you know, none of this would have happened if you know, Manor wouldn't have been a thing unless somebody on the one side made up Manor And it's just, it's an interesting parallel. how How on cancel culture, on how things can just be blown up and people just believe whatever, none of this would have been an issue if you know, text release, you know, text gets leaked or whatever if people on the internet just didn't like fucking blow up and be like this is real this is real this is real it's like well, well now uh, now it is real because we fucking you you, you spoke it into existence yeah know. yeah man. um which is is interesting i mean nobody's nobody's the the correct party um i mean for a for a while i felt you know you, you feel bad for aka the deplorables you're like what the fuck did they do but then it's just like you see that the the one of the greatest scenes is when they pick all the people. Um, they're like, oh, well, what about this person? It's like, oh, this person for sure. Oh, the person who was talking shit about who kind of, like, maybe even started Mandergate. who was Betty Gilpin's character, apparently, Crystal. It like, this person was on the internet just typing, like, this is what the libs are doing. This is what they're doing. So, like, they pick her. What, what do they call her? The snowball? Snowball. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, this is, like, this is the key character. And, like, also... All the references to Animal Farm, and like that was great. The yeah, fact yeah, it that was they have so that. good. Yeah. And that scene at the end where Hillary Swank's just mind blown that this deplorable, you know, Betty Gilpin had read Animal Farm. It's like, what? You yeah. you read Animal Farm? It's like, yeah, yeah. What I
1: mean, mean but that's course. that's kind of the twist. Is it? It winds up like uh, there's a bit of a case of mistaken identity with regards to Betty Gilpin's. Mm-hmm character she has the same name as another person who who posted yelling at specifically hillary swank's character um but then it turns out she's a a different um crystal crystal right crystal may crazy or uh whatever the name is right. but right they messed up, you know it turns out she's a combat vet who works at a car rental thing um and I mean, just kind of an aside, like the the thing that I think made me kind of fall in love with this movie. So one one of the best little gags is so that that mom and pop shop where you had just seen mom and pop kill Ike Barinholtz and Sturgill Simpson and the lady from Wyoming um, with gas actually mm-hmm. it was pretty fucked up um, yeah and their uh, climate change people like that right so right good. and then they're just yelling that they climate change is real and you yeah. know you know like all these sort of uh you know sjw bromides i mean i right that sort of doctrinaire like you can't say this you can't say that but then she comes in tries to buy a pack of cigarettes and then they they're like oh it'll be this amount of money it's like uh, you know she asks, oh where are we oh we're in arkansas and then, like she figures out they don't know what a pack of cigarettes costs in Arkansas. Yeah, in rural America. <laughs> right. Say New York bitch. Right. Oh. They were like what, fifteen dollars? I can't even remember yeah, what Yeah, like the... ten bucks a pack is like there's six bucks in Arkansas. Right. Bam. I mean, <laughs> it, as a as a, a recently former smoker. I mean, yeah, there is a whole and everything's so... poisoned. Such a good little yeah. bit. Oh right, right, right. Like yeah, don't
0: drink that that's poison. It's like, what? It's like, well, yeah, it has a lot of sugar in it. What do you? Yeah.
1: Don't scare me like
0: that. What are you doing? So many good, like, it's still a very funny movie throughout. Like, yeah. as as serious as some of the tones can be. And, like, overall, the tone of just, like, murdering is, you know, yeah. what it is. But it's, it's very fun. It's, like, one of my favorite things was when they were picking people to be killed. They were popping people up on the screen. And a black man shows up on the screen. They're all like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. Let, yeah, let's, yeah. Like, no, they don't care what he did. He's black, he's like, Well, we can't do that. We're let's let's step back here. Let's let's yeah. not get crazy.
1: That was a, yeah, yeah, it was a black man in a cowboy hat they were trying to do. Um David Clark was a I think sheriff of Milwaukee or something like that. Um uh-huh. but he's he's sort of an outspoken like sort of crypto conservative black man. But it's yeah, it's so funny. Like like the guy is if you want to look in real terms as as far as uh A person who's probably done real actual terrible things to people like he fit he fits the bill david clark is a man who deserves to be (laughs) like i mean that that's kind of the depth of the joke we're talking about here you know it's not exactly um super obvious or anything but you know that's it's just this little hidden away thing but yeah that scene is so good and dude the casting of glenn howerton dennis from it's always mm-hmm. sunny in philadelphia is just so one of those yep. guys. he's so good he's so good at doing that sort of like smug clueless liberal thing because that's who dennis reynolds is on. yep um like part of me feels bad that the hunt had to be subjected to this kind of um you know controversy based viral marketing because it mm-hmm. it it's it's a truly clever genre film it's it's well made it it's really clever in the writing, and it—I uh, think it lands on a, a really humanist note. It's fun. I definitely
0: want to rewatch it soon. Um, I, I haven't seen it since I rented it, and we started talking about it. But yeah. I didn't know a lot of this until today. But just the IMDb page and like how funny the names are. Like they don't give people real names because they don't have names of the movie. So why name them? Or you know, um, Gary. In in the movie, yeah, <laughs> they like, say "shut the fuck up, Gary." So his name, his credited name is "shut the fuck up, Gary." Um, things like that. I mean, it's just. I think that's what I think. There's a lot of little humor in there that I bet you could probably dig out for you know quite a few watches and just yeah. realize you know the refugees and like how how deep things go of how much they've set this up. Like they're they're in works with somehow like the Croatian government because when they get taken. By hey, whoever, immigration or whatever in Croatia, they get taken by America Embassy, embassy which is just another lib pretending to be, yep. you yeah. know, uh, somebody they're by, not.
1: Uh, Macon Blair, the guy who plays the uh, the diplomat um, yep. who comes to uh, rescue um, Crystal and Gary from the Croatian refugee camp. Uh, yeah, turns out he's he's one of the guys who's in on the plot the whole time. Uh, and it turns out it was like a punishment for being involved in that text thread. Like when they're going, yeah, that scene of them going through the people they're going to abduct. He's like, Oh, I got reassigned to Croatia. And they're like, no, that's a blessing in disguise. And uh, to kind of even go deeper on like setting it in sort of that, um, that area of, of central Europe, um, Croatia, uh, we project a lot of, um, fear and and stuff on that area because of uh the breakup of yugoslavia and the subsequent um bosnian civil war that happened in that area and just like the crazy ethnic cleansing like um but the way that comes back in american pop culture uh hostile was set in a similar yeah place um you know like that's that's sort of like that border zone of what we consider to be quote-unquote western or you know if you want right. to be straight up about it you know white civilization you know that's where it starts getting more oh they don't care about human life there anything goes. Right. You it's can free just kind for of, all you yeah. yeah, that's the and, wild west if you will and, and i mean it, that's that's real i mean a lot of human trafficking happens in those in those countries because of you know they're depressed poor war torn and it, it's just really easy to exploit people there um but we don't we don't have to get into that, but, but it's it's thematically <laughs> appropriate that they'd set a story like this, you know, of you know, rich people enacting their will on poor people in in right Croatia or in you know, Eastern Europe in in general. I also enjoy
0: how the movie doesn't explain everything to you. I mean, like so there's the there's the two big ones I can think of is um A was this was his character named Don, the guy who you know, after they get out of the embassy. They kill the guy who's a driver. Uh, Mackin, is that how you say it? Mackin Blair? Whatever. Mackin. Mackin. Macon Georgia. Mackin Bacon. Um, after they kill him, it's just it's just the two of them. We got Betty Gilpin and then the other guy, I think his name is Don. And once they once they kill everybody in that bunker, Hillary Swank comes on and says, Hey, did you kill her? Hey, Don, did you kill her? Did you kill her? And he's like, Whoa, 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 she's fucking with you. And it doesn't really explain whether or not that's 100% true and then is betty gilpin's character the actual crystal like she even asks like as they are dying just like are you are you the one like did i did i fuck up are you telling me the truth about this like it doesn't really give you a full answer and i love that i love like it yeah. doesn't it doesn't let you know fully and
1: yeah right right well, i mean cuz that, that whole yeah that whole uh you know almost first two-thirds of the movie are about how like you know reality is so slippery and it's all about like lying to you and tripping you up like right um right as part of the escape uh betty gilpin gets on a train with you know gary and then uh then they see some refugees and then she's like they they got a baby with them they can't be actors but then it turns out like one of the guys is one of the one of the people participating in the hunt, but he was embedded with the real I mean, refugee crisis. Actor. On a train, yeah, crisis right. actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It, it, he's a crisis actor. I swear, right. I swear. So he's it's, he's it's, like, <laughs> and when he when he breaks out of character, he's like, "Yo, just chill, just chill." Right? He's yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> those army guys
1: are real they're gonna you know kill us when the conspiracy when the
0: crazy nut job conspiracy is actually right like it's such a weird feeling it's such a such a clever little Um, in there
1: yeah i man i i've been kind of obsessed with conspiracy theories like in a not in in a total i believe them way but in a oh they're they're telling like part of the truth but then it's like sort of mixed in with all this crazy stuff Mm -hmm. so like I, the way I kind of play with it is that there's um, if we have to divide it divide it up, there's sort of a fundamentalist conspiracy theory that's about like, oh, I will point by point prove to you how the real world is, And all of these things I say are 100% percent true. And then there's sort of a a, a less a, a more sort of interpretive or playful conspiracy theory uh, that even if it, even if it isn't true to the word, to the fact, it is it is saying something that is true in a certain sense. Right. Sure. You know, what's Mm -hmm. uh, um, so yeah, this movie kind of plays with like, you know, it, it follows some conspiracy theories to the letter and then to others. It it just reveals itself to be somebody uh, like it. It turns out the villains are, are wielding the, the victim's knowledge of conspiracy theories against them, you know, out of their hatred for um, rednecks who are, sort of conspiracy theorizing about the the libtard elite or whatever. It's just, you know, it's like, just
0: conspiracy theory on top of conspiracy theory, possibly right. on top of another conspiracy, and it, it, it just doesn't stop. I mean, when does it right. stop? Right. Um, I mean,
1: it's, it's just to the point, and then it just comes back down to oh, this woman has a problem with this other woman. Like, she is so mad that this other person posted something about her online. Right. She was willing... To abduct twelve people, fly them to Croatia, and then have her and her friends hunt them for sport. You're right, <laughs> and and she had the resources to like go. And there's, yeah, I don't think this movie is implying that that's true. But you know, what is it? What does it say about our society that that's sort of like a comprehensible thing? Like everything portrayed in this movie is is grounded in reality to some extent. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's sort of a exaggerated upon sort of sensationalized version of reality, but it's grounding itself in the here and now and sort of the political tensions that, that animate American politics right now. I mean, the movie couldn't come at a better time. I mean, a year ago to this year, whatever. I mean, it's all
0: somewhat the same. Um, It's, it's, I don't think it's going to be changing anytime soon by any means, but it's just everything's so polarized. And this, I thought this movie was going to go the route somewhat of like, look, we all have opinions. Nobody's fully right. And it's just like, it doesn't fully do that. It's just like, everybody's wrong. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and you're all just blowing everything out of proportion. It's not trying to justify either party. It's not just justifying like, okay, let's find a middle ground. There's no middle ground. There's just, yeah. there's just you're all overreacting yeah um,
1: there's uh there's there's something i actually want to land on with with the hunt and and so the main character is crystal betty gilpin mm-hmm. um she doesn't like every other character talks about like their worldview or conspiracy theory or or you know hating deplorables or rednecks or, or right. what have you um everybody's obsessed with um their view their right right a certain partisan viewpoint, um, she only wants to survive. Yeah, she n- um, never it makes clear what, yeah. I mean, she definitely,
0: maybe in my mind she is part of that, like, right-wing part, but maybe just because the movie had lumped her yeah. in with those, and then I just never really fully got over that. Maybe that's part of my own bias. I mean, but She yeah. never showed any sign, either which way. I mean...
1: Yeah, she was, cool. she was only concerned with assessing the situation as it is. Like, she's the one who sees through the facade of the mom-and-pop shop. Mm-hmm. She spots the bomb that's on the truck that she thought she could escape in.
0: Um, yep.
1: uh, she She's the one who hesitates. Like, Gary's the one who brings up crisis actors, but she's like, I you know, she's the one who, she's like, they have a baby. I don't think this is, you're crazy. You know, she's right. willing to question things. She's willing to take things as they are. And I think she... I I love the way she. If, if there's any clue into her worldview, it's that. So after they kill Macon Blair, after they kill the embassy guy, after she kills the embassy guy by kicking mm-hmm. him out of his own car and then running over his head, that with noise his own she car. makes. <laughs> um, you know, God she damn. sits down. Um, they or er, she's talking to Don. She's talking to the yep. guy we don't know whether. Uh, and she's you know they find Gary's body in the trunk. Uh, and she tells mm-hmm. the story. She tells the story of the tortoise and the hare. Oh, um, so good! It's but yeah, it's this great monologue of it. You know, it's the the jackrabbit versus the turtle. Um, but then she adds to it like, oh, the jackrabbit couldn't take that he was bested because you know the turtle just kept working. Um, but mm-hmm. he thought he was the best, and the turtle won. So what did the jackrabbit bra- jack do? He showed up at the turtle's house with the with a hammer, killed all the turtle's kids, family, ate all the yeah. turtle's food. You know. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, that's that's what the movie is about. The movie is about power. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's about, okay, who has the power to do these things to people? And what the movie is saying is that the people with the power to victimize, to hunt other people, they're saying all the right words. They're saying that they believe in social justice. They're saying that they, they believe in, in something bigger than themselves. But the raw fact is they have the means and the will to abduct 12 people fly them to croatia <laughs> and hunt them for sport right. you know and so as terrible as the powerless people's opinions are the fact is is at the end of the day they're powerless mm-hmm. they're they're just victims too you know crystal she's just trying to make her way in this world she she served her country as far as she knows how to she saw right. combat and what did she get she's working a shitty job at a at a car rental agency and that she was mistaken for somebody else and put in this crazy fucking situation with all these other people. Yeah. I, um, and I mean, I don't want to do the film a disservice of assigning a political ideology to it, but I mean, it's, it's saying something true about power. I mean, I think it aligns with my, you know, more left-wing nigh communist outlook on things, but it, <laughs> you know, it's, but it, it is all it's trying to say the limits of what it's trying to say is like, okay look at the situation look at what these two opposed groups are saying then look at what each group is able to do to the other
0: hmm.
1: and I, I think that's that's kind of a necessary thing that we should be paying attention to in this day and age
0: yeah yeah I, I mean I, I like the parallel of you know one side got the other side quote unquote cancelled fired from their job you know all this stuff just with the internet and than the other side the liberal side you know either side doesn't make a difference obviously but the other side retaliating with actual you know life like killing I mean like one is one is life changing you know you lost your job we want you to pay for making this joke but really we just fucking hate you because of what you believe in and all this other shit and then just flipping that on its head and just, like, actually killing. Like, literally life-changing to the point of life-ending, you know? Yeah. Um, which is such a... There's so many cool parallels in this movie um, between the two sides. It would have be, been really interesting to see, like, a big flip in there. Um, somehow, I don't know how they would have done that. But, yeah. Um, but,
1: yeah, yeah, I... I i really like the ending because it it ends on this like weirdly cheerful note like uh -hmm. crystals one she killed athena she puts on athena's dress grabs the uh the super special like russians russians are um champagne gets on the private jet and is like all right you flew these people here i i just want to go home you can take me home right and they're like yeah i I guess yeah we can take you home and then they're like hey you, you ever had this champagne before Like, no, I, you never, you know, and she's, she's, uh, you know, one of the opening scenes is we see Glenn Howard and like mistreating the, the stewardess on the private jet, like just absolutely degrading Mm -hmm. her. And then Crystal gets on the jet. She's, she's in the fancy dress. She's in the, the stiletto heels. She's got the expensive champagne and she's like, I'm fucking tired. Hey, sit down, have a drink with me. Let's talk. You know, how, how you. You ever had the, you know, there's... Such a good ending. Yeah. That that grilled cheese, man, it looks great. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was all about. (laughs) Right, right. Fancy rich
0: people grilled cheese. Oh!
1: All she wants to do, she just wants to enjoy the grilled cheese. She just wants to, she wants to enjoy these things and she wants to share them with other people. And that's just mm -hmm. such a a better outlook on life than those Mm -hmm. those you know fucking degenerate rich people uh yeah everybody's a um, degenerate at this point every you know both sides and i was watching i was watching a video
0: earlier today um and i didn't know this but i guess hillary clinton in 2016 had called like a bunch of like trump's like there's a majority of trump supporters that i would call deplorable And mm-hmm. that's where yep. this, I guess, came from. I, yep. Yep. I suppose. I mean, I'm assuming, unless they just had the same thought, but um, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. You know,
1: I'm sure there's I mean, a lot of little things in there that I wouldn't catch because I just didn't didn't know the reference. Or whatever. Right, right, um, right. But yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's 100 where that came from. I mean, that is also my biggest beef with uh, sort of mainstream. Um, like Hillary Clinton style Democrats is an absolute disdain for poor people in southern states or rural areas in general. Um, yeah. I know. I mean, we. We come from a town of what three thousand people. Yep, like yep. tiny ass town in, in in Minnesota. And three yeah, thousand deplorables. There's pl- yeah, there's plenty <laughs> of ignorant people there, and you know there there are some real bad reasons why that town is majority white. I'm sure. Mm-hmm, you yeah. know, there's. I'm not saying it's necessarily good, but there's still good people there. There's still people yeah. there. there. My mom's there. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's, yeah, my she's a mom's good lady. there. You know, <laughs> she's a good lady
0: too. God damn Joyce. God damn.
1: Uh it just it gets down to it like people can have bad opinions, um but it depends on, you know, how much power they have to enact those opinions and at the end of the day, I mean people deserve to eat, people deserve to have shelter and mm-hmm. uh I mean I'll I'm I don't want people to be racist, I don't want people to, you know, dehumanize their fellow man, but even if you have bad opinions, fuck dude, you still deserve to eat. You still deserve right. some shelter. Um you don't deserve to be killed for your opinions. I mean, I fully agree with you, but also at the same time, I, th- I think
0: it, to be completely real. I mean, this movie does highlight some of the worst parts of probably everybody, but me included, where I'm just like, I'm so pissed off about what some people say. Like Facebook is such a fucking cesspool. Don't get me wrong. I'm on it every day, but <laughs> I get so mad. And I'm like, should I be this mad about like somebody recently told me that, the government is this coin shortage is fake and COVID is overblown to reset the economy so we can go to a gold standard again and we're going to come out on top and everything's fake because of that. And I said, what the fuck? Why would you believe yeah. that? And they said, you just believe everything you want to believe because you read it on the internet. And I said, that sounds like something I should be saying to you right now. And yeah. I'm like, why why yeah. am I even arguing? Why, why, why do I care if this person believes that? Like, I mean, it's fucking wild. I mean, you think COVID's fake because... <laughs> the government wants to reset money. I, I don't know where that came from, but probably not a very reliable source. But I should I be that? I was so mad. I was like – because we're just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm like – so this – I mean this highlights a lot of that like where – I mean I didn't want to kill that person by any means. But, right, I mean, right. But I mean if I had to choose 12 people, maybe I would have chose that person. I don't Right. not <laughs> <God. laughs> I mean, who would you choose? Okay, let's 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 end this with twelve people you would choose by name, and if you have their location, let me know. (laughs) Who do you want (laughs) to kill?
1: We're doing it. Are are, are you a plant? Are are you an op? Do you work for the CIA, Sam? Who sent you?
0: (laughs) I have a webcam plugged in, so I mean, I work for whoever's watching. I'm on your side, guys. I'm on your side. Yeah, I'm with you long as emma, emma robert's teeth are involved i am in. let's go
1: let's go uh, emma i know you're listening out there let me see if i can transition back in back into this so, i mean we're, we're talking about divisions if, if there's a the central conflict to the hunt is is people is is sort of started by people trying to protect their their reputations or or something like that or I think there's, there's sort of an easy par- parallel, like, uh, you know, where, where the hunt operates from, you know, a very top and bottom, um, very bad things is all about people in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. um, like John Favreau's character is like a stock trader. Jeremy Piven is his coworker They're you know, they have headsets on, they're doing sales calls, they work in cubicles, um, right. we're led to believe they're, you know, they lead comfortable lives. They live in decent houses in in the suburbs, uh. So I feel like it's a lot of the same conflict, just played on a on a smaller scale and involving uh, instead of emphasizing the difference, it's it's just from a single viewpoint. Um, so mm-hmm. these these are men who, in order to protect, you know, their shitty suburban houses and their their shitty little ambitions to you know make it up to the next income tax bracket, they're willing to cover over the death of. You know, people more vulnerable than them—strangers. Yeah, you know. Yep, strangers. A sex worker and a you know a hotel security. security employee. Right. You know that guy's not making as much as those dudes do. You right. Know? And, I mean, you know, I
0: don't. I don't know if it's like a, a full parallel here, but by any means, but people having their own truth. So, like, you know, deplorables having their truth. They don't want anything other than everybody in the hunt having their own truth, except for maybe Betty Gilpin's character. And then. On the other side of things, very bad things, people having their truth, which is not politically based by any means, but just, I mean, just look at John and Cameron Diaz. I mean, both of them, they have their truth of, we're getting married, we're going to have a kid, we're going we're gonna to have a r- really normal life. That's their truth, and they're going to yeah. do anything to protect that, whether, you know, yeah. their truth isn't true at all. I mean, they're, they're now they're murderers, but we're going to make it happen. Yeah. You know, we're going to protect yeah. this truth. We're going to do anything it takes to make this true. Like, we don't want any other way we don't there is no other way this is what we're right. This is, the, right this is the end goal this is what we believe this is what we want let's make it happen
1: yeah um yeah I'll, i'm gonna push back against you a little bit there um i think Go there's ahead. it's in like yeah they're they're trying to embody their truth but i think that's incredibly political because you, you look at the history of suburbs and that's all couched up in sort of post-war white flight from cities right um so like you know before world war ii you kind of have. Uh, you this slow migration of people you know due to in part to the great depression but a lot of other factors you know people are are leaving you, they're moving from rural areas into cities cities are growing mm-hmm. um and then in the post-war era uh there's this new push um there's a new level of sort of money available or i think probably due the, to the gi bill but you know education's more easily accessible but for whatever reason, real estate developers start setting up these other areas just outside of the city where it's like, hey, you can uh, you can have a nice little white picket fence and a backyard you can grill. You can have two and a half children and and everything is mm-hmm. just going to be peachy keen sure. and, and you should um, go there. Um, there was sort of a racial element to this um, where, you know, they were intentionally sort of enticing white people to go to these suburbs and then leaving people of color to basically rot in the cities because there just wasn't as much money or a tax base in there so that's like it's the root of a lot of problems in american society that we're we're seeing sort of come back now and very bad things is about the lengths that a you know a couple white men will go to protect their piece of the pie no matter how shitty it is right i suppose yeah (laughs) that's
0: that's that's, that's pulling, I, I mean, that's pulling a, a thread, uh, yeah, to make yeah. this, I mean, right, a, a I mean, that's not political. What? I mean, I, w- I wouldn't say this, any of the characters seem to have any kind of political, like, w- whether it's, you know, them yeah. trying to protect something that they have because of their white. I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel that by any means, I think yeah, you didn't make yeah. anything political, well, like, yeah, so, yeah. you know, they, I, they I think you're in... right,
1: I, I'm just saying there's sort of a political background to this, and that sort of informs their decisions, even though. Like, you're you're 100% right. Like, none of these characters are – they aren't spouting their political opinions. They're just, you know, more right. or less talking about their dreams and their hopes and, you right. know, their I fears. I mean, just the, yeah. the,
0: the, the politicalness and, like, the, the, I guess, racism of, like, the American dream and of suburbia, I guess, is ingrained in just the idea of that they live there. But I don't know if – oh, mean, they yeah, kill, yeah. They, they yeah. kill a
1: black man. They didn't even say he was a black man, did they? They right, just said he right, was a man. Yeah. You know what? Good for <laughs> them good for them an interesting detail like i there's sort of an eerie reality to this and there's um and again i i have i have sort of a uh, some sympathy for some elements of conspiracy theory and uh i'm i'm a man of the people i side with the proletariat um so the fact that peter berg is sort of this rich kid and then he's making this you know dark comedy about suburbanites and their depravity um yeah there's there's something upsettingly real about how these men react to the situation or Mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean there's there's a way i i think it might have been they might have been trying to play it for sort of like laughs or cruelty at the time it came out but it hits a little different in this day and age if you know what i mean like you know what Mm -hmm. yeah that, that whole scene of you know five white men bracing themselves against a door while a black man screams for his life on the other side of it is that that hits a little different in a, the year of our 20 and 20. Do you uh, think they did it? You know, like I don't think they probably had any conscious thought of that. Right. Maybe. Right. I, yeah. I would hope not. Um Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and the like, movie's not, I don't think the movie's calling them, you know, directly racist, even though there's like, there's a little bit where Christian Slater's character is like, kind of getting a little anti-semitic talking about israel and shit like when they're having their cocaine binge but yeah they're not like he's not tossing out the n-word he doesn't personally hate this man based on the color of his skin absolutely not but like that that image the fact of the matter is it's five white men who think it's in their best interests for a black man to die or in you know an asian sex worker to die you know their futures and their um I I guess I don't yeah. remember what the climate
0: of 1998 where, you know, did we have a token colored person in a movie just because, you know, was that was that becoming a big thing in 1998? Because all five of these friends are white. I mean, nowadays they'd throw I mean, they'd throw the token whatever in there just because I yeah, think that's yeah. what they do. Um, you don't want to you don't want to have people having the conversation we're having right now about it right I right guess. yeah um yeah i mean I, and, I wonder if that was like part of the the theme i mean it, it it doesn't feel like that to me i don't think the person what was his name uh, peter berg was intelligent enough possibly to i mean make and, this and a yeah, very, that's very you know, racially
1: charged uh, subplot or something yeah i mean i'm i'm kind of like this is a movie i'll watch again like there's something so detestable about it (laughs) and and and, but there's something pure about um right it just it follows its own logic till the bitter end and it has the guts to it doesn't try to redeem its characters I, i think is like if if there's a way the movie ends up on the side of the angels it's the fact that this story actively punishes these people for making bad decisions. Like, there is sort of a a moral vision beyond it. There is a sense of right and wrong, but it's willing to show you, like, up close and personal how rough this shit is, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to watch
0: it again uh, whenever I do. I mean, it probably won't be any time real soon or anything, but, like, knowing more, like... Because I had, like, preconceived ideas, like, okay, you know, I didn't think the end was going to be as real. You know, I thought it was just going to be like, you know, a couple really obvious movie tropes, which not a lot of them were present uh, that I thought yeah. were going to be. Um And it's... I I will say the first act of this movie was a little slow. Yeah. It, it, I was like, oh, it's like a slow burn movie. It's not a slow burn movie. Maybe a slow burn first act. You know, getting everything, like, to the point where it took a while for that first, you know, person to die. Which is fine. You know, we need movie there. But... Mm-hmm it was i was like man this is kind of slow and then just anxiety 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 as soon as they get home you know i didn't i didn't see the movie like coming you know being from their perspective from home that much i thought it was going to be more like a hangover like all oh, these crazy things are happening in las vegas look at crazy las vegas woo party 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 no it was just like the yeah. the best the bulk of the movie and the best parts of the movie were they go home and they live with that shit and it's
1: right the right i mean it, there was it's just this, fantastic. it's this total inversion of what happens in vegas stays in vegas because like the yeah. only vegas footage is like a couple scenes of them at like uh um like playing poker or playing craps yep. or whatever but then like the bulk of the vegas scene is just in that hotel room yep. and then a few scenes in the desert like there's not even like really good exterior shots of this vegas strip it is this uh it's just focused on the sort of immediate environment of these guys. Mm -hmm. um,
0: Everything, everything after the, like from, from the desert scene on just makes me, (laughs) I mean, maybe it was the energy drink as well, but they have to like rearrange the body parts for one of the characters. And they're like willing to do that after fighting. They're like, okay, if this will make you feel better. We just killed two people. But if this makes you feel better, we'll do it. And it's just like, oh my God, just get it done. Just fucking a, like a, i just feel like if i'm part of that friend group i just want right right you just you want it to be over but yeah just please
1: for the love of god let me take control for two seconds (laughs) (laughs) but yeah there's there's something about daniel stern's character like he's he's the one who like i mean it might mostly be to uh sort of assuage his own guilt but he's the one who like argues for the humanity of the people they just killed he's like yeah we can't we can't right they chop up the bodies into all the parts and put them in like, it's super fucked up serial killer shit, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the movie goes there. But he's the <laughs> one who's like, okay, yeah, we've gone this far. We've chopped their bodies up. And we've brought them to the desert. But we can't we can't bury them in a pile just all mixed together. Yeah. We have to, you what's know. What's wrong with you guys? Yeah. Right. You know, there's, there's, like, yeah, there's this weird appeal to humanity that's just sort of off screen. Like, as bad as they've gotten, there's still this, like, there's still a right thing to do in any given yeah. situation. But then it just gets overridden by, like... Well, okay, I need to I need to keep living my life. What what do I do? These people clearly don't matter. You know? Right. <laughs> you know, even uh John Favreau has that, you know, the prayer. He's like, you know, we want to go on to lead happy and productive lives. And it, it stuck out to me that productive was in the words he used there. Like that's what he values, you know? Right. That's what it all comes down to, man. Well, Sam, thanks for coming on. This was this dude, was course. good. We should uh we should do this more often, dude.
0: Yeah, I'm down. I I watch movies constantly. I'm yeah, really you're... bummed about the theater right now, but yeah. I mean, you you're know,
1: you're one of the purest movie fans I know. Like you're, uh, <laughs> you post, you watch movies, you enjoy them. On uh, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a jaded asshole who you know yeah. like you know another I be, like, Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn! Um. I will
0: never. I will never. You, you honestly, I don't know if you know this, but like you have influenced like my movie watching and like just me in, in cinema together for uh, quite a bit. Cause like, I mean, how you're a few years older than me. I was friends with your sister and just one of the biggest things. And this is, this is weird. And maybe I shouldn't even talk about it the podcast, but it like, it's it's worth mentioning i have this love for projectors i love like home like having a home theater set up and it all has stemmed from both your basement and that one time at the malacca What was it, free church where you set up and watched all the star wars oh yeah that day i had well first off i had to leave because i had got really bad diarrhea probably know that but (laughs) anyway uh that day probably like changed my maybe not my whole life but like I was I was just like this is so cool. There's just so many couches and we're all just chilling. Everybody's cheering every time Star Wars comes up for the beginning of the movie. Right. Like it was so fun. Like that I don't know why. I'm just so obsessed. I have I have a screen set up outside my house for watching movies outdoors. I have a home theater in my basement. Um I there's there's so much cinema stuff that I wouldn't probably have known if it wasn't for you. One being like weird stuff like um dear, dear what was a dear dear wizard what was that Harry wizard, Potter thing we wizard watched? people
1: dear reader
0: wizard people dear reader one of the weirdest things ever oh, I would have so known good. about like that kind of stuff without you like just oh, I remember buddy. watching Rambo in your basement we're just like let's do a man night women yep. <laughs> like, women are making sandwiches upstairs because yeah. we're pieces of shit and <laughs> it was a different time uh and goddamn i took that way too seriously as a kid like oh, what was i like, 10th grade and
1: oh man that was so much fun oh, for me um, dude i'm just i'm touched i'm i'm really glad we've kind of kept in touch over the years and cuz yeah i mean Those were, like, really formative memories for me, too, like, doing all that shit, and I'm, you know, like, you were part of that, and that's why I kept you in mind, buddy, and... Yeah, um, yeah, I loved it. I loved
0: it. I'll never forget watching Maria Bamford's
1: special, special, special in your basement.
0: Yeah! (laughs) Uh, So good. Like, so much shit. Like, I, I, like, for how little we've hung out, I think you've influenced my, like, tastes and, like, just (laughs) things like that so much, which is maybe
1: weird, but whatever. You gotta have somebody. That's, I mean, that's that's the way humans work right uh I you know suppose. it's we don't we don't know the impacts we have on people and it's it's just it's really cool that you know we've been able to you know that right. that's meant enough that we've sort of like kept tabs on each other at a distance right. you know all these years um yeah man this is if if if, if odds place is about anything odds place is about this this oh, yeah. is what odds place is about um dude sam thank you so much uh of course anything anything you want to plug you got you got an album coming out next month
0: yeah Yeah, i got that coming out next month check out vermilion heights uh we haven't been posting a lot because we've been working on it but uh you'll see that next month um and uh, i just want to give a shout out to all the dogs out there are all good boys and good girls and i hope you get lots of pets and treats Hell yeah, buddy! I can't think of a better message to go on. Yeah, that's on. the deep, the deepest I get right there.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Odds Be sure to visit oddsplace.com for all of your Oddsplace needs, and don't forget to rate and review the show wherever podcasts are sold. Thanks everyone.